Hey, 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 welcome back to Dan's Miscellaneous Ramblings, episode 338. We're back at it again uh, for the 330, technically 339th time, because I don't count the trailer that was released as an episode, but that's beside the point. So, great question, my live chat, which you can join by heading to Podbean through the app and uh, calling in or just, you know, joining the live show. You don't actually have to call in, but we have the question, what is a lumber, which is what the episode is going to be about. We're going to talk about lumber. So lumber, as you may know, or may not, uh, is a wood that's been processed into dimensional lumber, including beams and planks or boards as a stage of the process of wood production. Lumber is mainly used for construction framing as well as fi- uh, finishing floors, wall panels, and window frames. It has many uses beyond home building, though. It's sometimes referred to as timber, as an archaic term, and still in England, while in most parts of the world, especially the United States and Canada, the term timber refers to the unprocessed wood fiber, such as cut logs or standing trees that have yet to be cut. Um, hmm. Oh, there's something in my mouth. Ugh. Alright, I'm glad that I could take you all on that journey with me. Lumber can be supplied either rough, sawn, or surfaced on one or more of its faces. Besides pulp wood, uh, rough lumber is the raw material for furniture making, and manufacture of other items requires cutting and shaping it. It is available in many species, including hardwoods and softwoods, such as white pine and red pine, because of their low cost. What is pulp wood? Pulp wood is timber with the principal use of making wood pulp for paper production. Oh, okay. Yeah, we're talking about wood. That is what we're talking about today. Uh, did I actually announce this episode on my... Oh my god, I never announced this episode on my Discord. <laughs> Let me just real quick do that. Oh no. <laughs> okay, We're, this is this is going great. Alright, boom. Announced. Everyone loves me. Cool. I found out that apparently, because you can go into a Discord server and... Uh, go into the announcements channel and make it make anything that's posted in the announcements channel appear in this a, a different server like you can just set that up apparently uh some there are multiple servers which have my podcast alerts as a like a, they've got it set up so that whenever i post something it's also posted over there and they get alerted to it as well it's wild I feel very famous right now. Speaking of fame, we're actually, uh, I have to look at the, (laughs) only me, the superior. Yes. Um, looking at the statistics, it's pretty cool. Cause like we've gotten over 4,000 downloads. We've gotten, I've obviously got a bunch of episodes out. Like people are, people have loved seeing me back. It's great. Love being back. Anyway, so let's talk about lum- let's talk about lumber some more. Finished lumber is supplied in standard sizes, mostly for the construction industry, primarily softwood from coniferous species, including pine, fir, and spruce, collectively spruce, pine, fir, um, cedar, and hemlock, but also some hardwood for high-grade flooring. It's commonly it's more commonly made from softwood than hardwoods, and eighty percent of lumber comes from softwood because uh, softwood wood is cheaper and it bends more easily, which is better for some things so we've talked about the terminology some more 
Um, but Britain, some other Commonwealth nations, and Ireland, the term timber is used in both senses. Um, so, yeah, this is yet another reason that we're better than the UK. Because they say timber for, like, what lumber is. It's ridiculous. <laughs> anyway. So refit-manufactured lumber is the result of secondary or tertiary processing of previously milled lumber. Uh, cutting lumber for industrial or, or wood packaging use falls under this. Uh, lumber is cut by ripsaw or resaw to create dimensions, so not usually processed by a primary sawmill. And if you don't know what a resaw is, because I don't really know myself, we'll see if Wikipedia loads and then I'll be able to tell you. But for now, I guess we'll go... Do, 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 do. Um, I hate British people. Oh, jeez. Now, like, I know a couple Brits that do listen to this podcast. So, like, I can't outwardly express a hatred of British people, but I can express a disdain for the general UK area. I'm not reve- I'm not doxing my British followers on here. <laughs> That's... Apparently, Wikipedia does not feel like loading that. So, I guess I'll tell you in three years when the resaw page loads. Resawing is the splitting of 25 by 300 millimeters, or 1 by 12 inches, hardwood or softwood lumber, into two or more thinner pieces uh, of full-length boards. For example, splitting a 3-meter, 10-foot-long, 50 by 100 millimeter, or 2 by 4 inch, into two 25 by 100 or 1 by 4 inch boards of the same length is considered resawing. Great. I'm we are no, I'm not doxing people. Stop. The you are supposed to be better than the dream fan base. <laughs> okay. Anyway, there's also plastic lumber that's produced from recycled plastic and new plastic stock. Its introduction has been strongly opposed by the forestry industry. The blending fiberglass in plastic lumber enhances its strength, durability, and fire resistance. Plastic fiberglass structural lumber can have a, quote, class one flame spread rating of 25 or less with, when tested in accordance with ASTM standard E84, which means it burns more slowly than almost all treated wood lumber. So the basic understanding of lumber or sawn planks came about in North America in the 17th century. Um, now the dream fan base is going to dox you. You know what? Let them dox me. Uh, we'll see if I even have the same name by the time they dox me. Wink. Anyway. Um, lumber is the most common widely used method of sawing logs. Plain sawn lumber is produced by making the first cut on a tangent to the circumference of the log. Each additional cut is then made parallel to the one before, producing the widest possible boards with the least amount of waste. Uh, lumber manufacturing globally is determined by the preferred style of building. Areas with a wood building co- culture, where they're built with wood rather than brick, are the ones with significant sawmilling industries. Historical wood frame house building regions are Europe, North America, and Japan. Different areas of the world are recognized as significant timber suppliers. However, these areas, Indonesia, Sarawak, New Guinea, etc., are exporters of raw logs and don't have a significant lumber producing industry uh domestically i mean uh, currently the largest manufacturing regions of lumber in the world are china at 18 percent u.s at 17 percent canada 10 russia 9 germany at 5 and sweden at 4 percent in the early built periods of society 
to make wood for building, the trunks of trees were split with wedges into many, uh, many thin pieces. It was necessary to have them all still thinner, as they were hewn by some sharp instrument on both sides to the proper size. The simple but wasteful manner of making boards is still continued uh, being in use in some places to the present time. Otherwise, they're saw, they were sawn using a two-person whip saw or pit saw using saddle blocks to hold the law, and a pit for the pitmen who worked below. In the early, in 1420 on the island of Madaria, though, an archipelago comprising four islands off the northwest coast of Africa in an autonomous region of Portugal, Portugal was discovered. King, King Henry VI sent settlers there and ordered sawmills to be erected for the purposes of cutting the various species of excellent timber with which the island was abounded. And about 1427, the first sawmill in Germany was built. Man, we're learning some great history today. Only seen wood houses once in my life. Where where are you at that you only have seen wood houses only once in my in your life? I live in a wood house. I mean, lots of people live in wood houses where I'm at. Florida. Does Florida not have wood? <laughs> okay. Fair enough. There's a massive forest that's actually like right next to me. So like I I guess I kind of in a more woody area. Um, Cornelius Cornelissoon or Crellus Lutjes was a Dutch windmill owner from Uitgist who invented the first mechanical sawmill, which was wind powered on December 15th, 1593. This conversion of log timber into planks uh, was 30 times faster than previously. The circular saw, then, as used in modern sawmills, was invented by an Englishman named Miller in 1777, but it wasn't until the 19th century, though, that, that, was, that it was generally applied. Its great work belongs to that period. The first insertable teeth for the saw were invented by W. Kendall, an American, in 1826. Logging in the USA began in 1607, when Jamestown settlers cut timber for their first settlement in the New World. America's, America's first sawmill was built at the falls of Piscatawaka, I think, on the line between Maine and New Hampshire in 1634. Unauthenticated records, however, claim that as early as 1633, several mills began operating in New York State. Uh, the, the American colonies were essential to England in the role of su the supplier of lumber for the mighty British fleet. In the 1790s, New England was exporting 36 million feet of pine boards and at least 30, 300 shipmasts per year to the British Empire. The timber supply began to dwindle at the start of the 20th century due to significant harvest volumes, so the logging industry was forced to seek timber elsewhere, hence the expansion into the American West. Wow. Huh. Yeah, Cornelius. That's, the, that's what I said. There's lots of stuff here. Uh, conversion of wood into logs by being sawn, hewn, or split. There's lots of different ways. Uh, plain sawn, a log sawn through without adjusting the position of the log where the grain runs wide, uh, or runs against the width of the board. Quarter sawn and rift sawn have been confused in history, but generally mean lumber sawn, so the annual rings are reasonably perpendicular to the sides, not edges of the lumber. Um, box tart sawing is the, where the pith remains within the lumber poster beam along with some allowance for exposure with, which if you don't know what a pith is, um, a pith or medulla is the tissue in the stems of the vascular plant. So it's like the tiny 
If, if you've ever looked at like a cut tree trunk, the little tiny dot in the center is the pith. Um, oh, a resaw is just a really, really large bandsaw for operating tim uh, for cutting timber along the grain. Um, so it's like a big bendy saw that runs in a. It's a bandsaw, so it just keeps running in a circle like a conveyor belt. Um, anyway. Heart center where the is the center core of a log. Free of heart center is a side cut timber poster bean without any pith, and free of knots means no knots are present. Wow, that's very cool. Um, yeah, hello, welcome. We're talking about lumber. Uh, if you have any lumber related experiences or whatever, uh, say it. I guess. <laughs> um, also, keep in mind that anyone can call into this show, so do whatever you want. We're talking about lumber. So, dimensional lumber is cut to standardize width and depth, often specified in millimeters or inches. Carpenters extensively use the dimensional lumber in the framing of wooden buildings. Uh, common sizes in, include the 2x4, also uh, known as the 4x2 in Australian, New Zealand, and the UK. Yet another reason why America is far superior to the UK because four by two, are you kidding me? Anyway, um, there's also a two by six, a four by four. Those are also super common. Um, the length of the board is usually specified separately from the width and depth. Thus, it's possible to find two by fours that are four, eight, and 12 feet in length. In Canada and the US, the standard lengths of timber are six, eight, 10, 12, 14, 16, 18, 20, 22, and 24 feet, or in meters, 1.8, 2 2.4, 3.0, 3.7, 3, 4.3, 4.9, 5.5, 6.1, 6.7, 7.3. Woo. So, we've got some people saying in the chat that 4x4 four four is superior. I don't even know how you can make that claim. I, I have to say, I'm a 2x4 person. I like 2x4. It's good. It's not nearly too wide like the the two by sixes, but it's a nice balance. It still looks like a plank because like a four by four, that's just that's basically a pole at that point. Come on, jeez. Anyway, two by four cringe. You know what? You're cringe. Yeah, I got him. For wall framing, pre-cut stud lengths are available and commonly used. For ceiling heights of 8, 9, or 10 feet, or 2.4, 2.7, or 3.0 meters, studs are available in 92 by five, or 92 and 5 eighths inches, or 2.35 meters, 104 and 5 eighths inches, or 2.66 meters, and 116 and 5 eighths inches, uh, 2.96 meters. There's lots of... Then there's a massive chart... And we're talking about North American saw woods. It's, oh my God. You know, I'm not going to read off all the big lumber sizes. I'm just not going to do it. Everyone loves poles. Uh, yeah, everyone loved when your mom danced on. Oh, got him. Wait, I got a, I got a button for this. Boom. I'm so funny. Wait, I think I have an O button. Uh-oh. That's not what that's supposed to make. Nope, that's wrong. That is very wrong. Um, when your mom danced on one, uh, maybe this one. Yeah, that works. I'm going to, I'll take that one. There's more. And then there's a totally different chart for North American hardwoods because hardwood and softwood, as you know, very different things. 
There's also a part on engineered lumber where they talk about different thicknesses and stuff and it, with things like wooden eye joists, which are four joists on upper floors. Oh my god, I'm not reading this. If you want to read this, this is just the Wikipedia page for lumber. There's also a small article for historical Chinese construction, and this will be the part that I read, because this is the part that's funny to me. Under the prescription of the method of construction issued by the Song Dynasty government in the earliest 12th century, timbers were standardized to eight cross-sectional dimensions. Regardless of the actual dimensions of the timber, the ratio between the width and height was man maintained at 1 by 1.5. Units are... Uh, units are in Song Dynasty inches, which are equal to 31.2 millimeters. So, the first class is 9 by 6, which are uses which are used in great halls, 11 or 9 bays wide. Second class are 8.25 by 5.5, which are used in great halls 7 or 5 bays wide. The third class is 7.5 by 5 for five or three bay wide great halls or halls seven or five bays wide because apparently this one does it all the fourth class is 7.2 by 4.8 used in great halls three bays wide or halls that aren't great five bays wide apparently i'm gonna have sexual inner okay well you just destroyed that with my mother after i read her the wikipedia article for lumber you know what I'm just not going to dignify. I'm going back to the historical Chinese construction. The fifth class is 6.6 .6 by 4.4 with great for great halls, three bays, three small bays wide or halls, three large bays wide. I don't know what this means, but it's fine. Then the sixth class, this is where it gets interesting. Um, the it's six by four for pagodas and small halls. The seventh class is 5.25 by 3.2 for pagodas and small great halls. And the eighth class, the final class, is 4.5 by 3 for small pagodas and ceilings. Timbers smaller than eighth class were considered unclassed. The width of a timber is referred to as one timber. Wow. And the dimensions of other structural components were quoted in multiples of timber. Thus, as the width of the actual timber varied, the dimensions were easily calculated without resorting to specific figures for each scale. The dimensions of timbers in similar applications show a gradual diminution from the Sui, uh, Sui Dynasty, I think, from 580 to 618, to the modern era. A first-class timber during the Sui was reconstructed as a 15 by 10, uh, in Sui Dynasty inches, or 29.4 millimeters. So it looks like this is something I never actually considered. When China changed dynasties all those times, their measurements actually changed, which is kind of neat. Um, that rhymed. Cool. Um, so we're nearing the end of the episode. I'm going to talk about lumber for a little bit longer, but uh, before I go... I'd like to urge you all to join my Discord server, which is linked in the description of all the episodes. You sh I'm hoping that the pop-up still happens whenever you join my podcast as well, uh, because it, there should be a pop-up that like tells you, oh, join my... Oh, it does work still? Yeah, it says, like, join my podcast, give me money, that sort of thing. Um, 
But yeah, that's the thing. So yeah, join the Discord. I'd love to talk to you more. Um, we're gonna get a Minecraft server set up pretty soon. I'm not. It's definitely not happening till after ha Halloween because I have an exam to take and I also have Halloween stuff to happen to do. But you know. Anyway, we're going to keep talking about lumber just a little bit longer. There's actually, this is a massive article. I'm not going to be talking about all of it, but I am going to be talking about some defects in lumber. They're grouped into four main divisions. A conversion, which is uh, the during the process of converting timber to lumber, uh, the following defects may occur. A chip mark, where there's marks or signs placed by chips in the finished surface of the timber. A diagonal grain, which indicates improper sawing. Torn grain, where there's a small dent due to a falling of a tool. And wane, the presence of an original rounded surface in the finished product. There's also defects due to fungi and animals. Fungi attack wood, both timber and lumber, when these conditions are all present. The wood moisture content's above 25% on a dry weight basis. It's sufficiently warm, and oxygen is present. Uh, hopefully oxygen is going to be present for like a lot of it, so you should really just work on the wood moisture thing. Wood with less than 25% moisture can remain free of decay for centuries. Similarly, wood submerged in water may not be attacked by fungi, fungi even if the amount of oxygen is inadequate. The fungi, uh, there's lots of different fungi, limber, lumber and timber defects, such as blue stain, brown rot, dry rot, heart rot, sap stain, wet rot, and white rot. Um, which, yeah, you know, those are pretty good mushroom names. I like those. Yeah, it'll probably happen on Bedrock Edition, just because that's more accessible for everyone. Anyone who would be playing on Java is, like, you have Minecraft for Windows, and you can play on Bedrock if you own Java. You just have to, like, download it. So I'll probably be doing that. Yeah, White Rot. Let's talk about White Rot for a moment. White Rot is a fungus that comprising of Agarius... Agar... Agaricomycetes, Basidiomycetes, and some ascomycetes that are capable of decomposing many tree species. It was recognized that sapotrophic uh, interactions have profound effects of forest biomes. The they're char characterized by their ability to break down the lignin, cellulose, and hemicellulose of the wood. As a result, white rot fungi are considered a vital part of the carbon excuse me carbon cycle due to their ability to access carbon pools that would remain otherwise inaccessible. Inaccessible. Sorry, the name white rot derives from the white color and rotting texture of the remaining crystalline cellulose and. The from wood degraded by these fungi. Most knowledge of white rot fungi comes from the Coriol Coriolis versicolor and Phanerostechiasporium. Chrysosporium. White rot fungi show strong participation in interspecific competition, culminating in the evolution of lignin catabolism specificity. Oh my god, there's so many long words here. The current and future applications of the white rot fungi are as a potential component of mycoromediation merit merits greater study of the saffitroph. So there's a lot of stuff in here about it, but you know what? I'm sure that meant something to some of you. 
I just cut my leg while shaving. Don't shave while you're listening to a podcast. I actually might start shaving my legs soon. I'm probably gonna. Um, So anyway, there's also some insects and mollusks that can be responsible for the decay of limber timber. Timber or lumber. Oh my god. Not limber or tumber. That's wrong. Such as wood boring beetles, marine borers, teredos, termites, carpenter ants, and carpenter bees. There's also uh, natural forces. Um, Abnormal growth and rupture of tissues. Rupture of tissue includes cracks or splits in the wood called shakes. Ring shake, wind shake, or ring failure is when the wood grain separates around the growth rings either while standing or during felling. Shakes may reduce the strength of it and the appearance, thus reducing lumber grade, and may capture moisture, promoting decay. Eastern hemlock is known for having ring shake. A check is a crack on the surface of the wood caused by the outside of timber shrinking as it seasons. Checks may extend to the pith and follow the grain. Like shakes, checks can hold water, promoting rot. A split goes all the way through timber. Uh, Checks and splits occur more frequently at the ends of lumber because of more rapid drying in these locations. The seasoning of, and then finally seasoning. The seasoning of lumber is typically either kiln or air dried. Defects due to seasoning are the main cause of splits, bowing, and honeycombing. Seasoning is the process of drying lumber to remove the bound moisture contained in the walls of the wood cells to produce seasoned timber. Whew! I'm the only true Miss Ramblings fan. Yeah, that's fair. Hi and welcome. We're talking about lumber. I'm actually wrapping this up because, like, I could talk about durability and service life. I could talk about timber framing, which is a style of construction. I could be talking about environmental effects because, uh, as you know, the whole cutting down trees thing is not good for the environment. (laughs) Um, So we should probably kind of make sure that we're doing it very sustainably. But... Um, there's also the biomass power, which uses trees sometimes as well, which is still not great, but like, it's way better than coal. Um, follow the podcast. (laughs) Yeah, that's true. Um, end of life. Yeah. Okay. There are lots of, in a circular economy, like there's a lot of more sections I could be going over, but frankly, my throat hurts a little. I want to drink water. I don't bring water to these episodes. I really should. And considering this is supposed to be a 15-minute podcast, and I've just hit the... I'm almost at the 27-minute mark. Like, water ASMR episode. I should have an ASMR episode. I mean, considering last time I did a lyrical analysis of uh, Apple Bottom Jeans, that was literally last episode, uh, which you should absolutely check out. But, uh, you know what? I think I need to expand my channel more. You're right. But anyway, uh, let's, we've already made, hit the comedy button, so we're good there. Let's talk about the song that's been in my mind all episode. And the song has been in my mind all episode. <sighs> you see, this is a bit, of a bit of a difficult one. There's a lot of songs that I could choose from. However, I'm going to have to say that my, the song that's been in my episode is probably Thursday by Jess Glenn featuring her. That's what I'm going to do. It's a pretty good song, okay? I like it. Um, anyway, I hope you all have a wonderful day. And follow the podcast, give me money, that sort of thing. Uh, I hope you all have a wonderful day, and I will catch you all next time.
Goodbye.